Mauricio writes, I am not being entertained. Where are the You Killed It episodes, Jay Chidley Hill and at Shell Alexander? They're right here, Mauricio. I moved, so we had to delay things. I did not have internet because I'm with a certain unnamed telecom <laughs> that is not good at what it does. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I'm just being really quiet right now. <laughs> and I am Sheldon Alexander. Because and, the funny part is, I really don't know who you're talking about, like in all honesty. But I don't really want to know either. <laughs> let's just say I'm looking out for my co-host right now. Hey. Like <laughs> and this that. is this is You Killed It, <laughs> the podcast talking about the challenge. This is funny to like five people listening right now. Americans are like, what are you guys talking about? But that's hey, that just tells you the pod is back, baby. Let, listen, for our American listeners, there's something important that you need to know about Canada as a country, Canada as a, gov a government, uh, Canada as an economy. Where are we going? Is that we are two telecoms and three grocery chains dressed in a giant trench coat. That's all there is to Canada. There's nothing else. Those five companies run this country. There's nothing else going on here. Yeah. So you killed the podcast. The challenge like, podcast. Episode 258. <laughs> talking about the challenge USA season two, episode 11. I know it's been a while since we've been with you guys. But we are here. We will catch up. Just stay on the feed. You'll see all the episodes drop accordingly, and we'll be caught up in no time on this the season of the Challenge USA. How are you doing, man? Don't forget to like and subscribe and all that fun stuff. See, that's how you know when we're back. You get the ding, and then you see the, the pod pop up in your feed, and you're like, hey, let me catch up with the guys. Hear what's going on. Should we tell people about like us actually like running into each other in real life? Yeah. Yeah. Did you forget those... about that? You looked at me kind of weird. Like you didn't know what I was talking about for a second. No, I knew exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I was just, I, it didn't feel like a run in because it felt like you made it happen. Well, the ironic part of it all is like, obviously if we thought about it, we would have known that we would have been in the same, or there's a high probability that we would be at the same place at the same time for a certain team's media day without getting into particulars. And I didn't think about it. And also too, I don't think I go every single year. Some days, like I think last year I didn't go because the women's world cup was going on. So I was working back at the office, but this year it was like, okay, yeah, I got some time. Let me just pop in. And like, I'm not busy on that day. I send like our reporters questions and stuff to ask the players for me and stuff. But as I was walking by like the press room, I was like, hold on, wait a second. Let me just walk it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to see someone in here that I know. And I got to say hi. And yeah, we had a moment, you know, in front of a bunch of random media people that are probably like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> no, they're not. But I, I mean, I'd like to think my reputation is that I know everybody. Of course. So like, I don't think it shocks them. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing that I should add is that as maybe I don't, we don't really talk about this on the podcast because it's my less interesting job, but I got two jobs. You got two jobs. Thank you. I can't do that accent. 
I mean, I'm physically capable it? of it. Hey but I, was that the living color? Was it Heymon? The Headleys? Anyways, the two jobs was from uh, Doubleman Gum, wasn't it? Oh yeah, but I think they stole it from a old bit a on a living color. color. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All this is to say, we don't talk about my other job, which is I'm an instructor for sports journalism at Centennial College. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I've been at it for so long that covering any sporting event in Toronto, there's two to three to even up to 10 of my former students. Yeah. So they're like present there working for other outlets, sometimes working for the same outlet as me, sometimes working for the same outlet as Sheldon. And so I talk the about, they are, I talk about Sheldon in my class. Oh. And some of them listen to this podcast. That is correct. So it's not like it's the fair. craziest thing in the world for them to see me just like know people, let alone my guy, mm -hmm. There's Sheldon a moment. Alexander. It was we a moment. shared a moment. We shared a moment. It was, it was good. It was good. Can I just say, I think we have really good hugs. <laughs> like why? Like you have to strive for the awkwardness. No, I was just thinking about all the hugs I get in my life. And like, I feel like we have like, guy? yeah, I love a good hug. And I love giving okay. hugs too. Okay. But I feel like, like top three hugs currently <laughs> in my life, like you're like in there. I'm just going to let that go, man. I'm not going to bite on Because you know what? You get, you get like, some people just hug, but then you have like a second squeeze, like you bring it in tight. It's good. It's good shit. Still just going to let this go, man. Not going to bite. I'm going to ask our listeners, because I think this is important. Do you want to hear more hug-related content on the podcast? The Hugging Podcast. The Hugging Podcast? There are people who are actually like, I've been waiting so long to hear you guys talk about the challenge and the oil <laughs> fight, and like you guys are talking about hugs. I mean, it's a good segue. You know what I realized I missed though? Like I missed like some of the other things that would pop up on the show, like music talk. You know, there's no music talk because there's no like musical interludes. Nope. Although we did have a pretty interesting dance party, kitchen dance oh. party in this episode. Oh, we're gonna talk about that. We will get there. But first, but first, you know, everyone comes back into the house. Yep. Yeah. Chris says it's him versus the world. And then he says that he and Tyler have an anti-alliance. Wouldn't that just be a rivalry? Yeah. I, I feel like Chris is just like in his own head at this point. And I get it, right? Like you're, you're fighting for your life at every turn. If you don't win, which you really can't because everyone's trying to make you lose. <laughs> and then you're just in the elimination. Like your bags are just permanently packed if you're Chris. So I get it. You're kind of loopy. You know, you don't really know what's going on. Tyler also says that now with Alyssa gone, he's basically on his own, except he's got his, in his words, right-hand man, Fessel, in his corner. I got to say, if you've got Fessel in your corner, I don't think you have anyone in your corner it might be worse than having someone in your corner like didn't he learn from chris right honestly and then the third person who maintains that they're on their own is cassidy mm -hmm. and i have this is i have notes in in my notes i have questions and one of my questions for you is i understand how chris wound up on his own i understand how tyler 
wound up on his own. How did like what did Cassidy do to deserve this? She just didn't have as close of ties to anyone else in the house. So like Michelle, if you think of the other women that are left in the house, you have the three survivor girls, right? They're just a crew, Michaela, Chanel, and Desi. They've been a crew since the beginning. Michelle's been bouncing back and forth between that crew and the vets. And then Tori's obviously going to be rolling with the vets. And so those are all like stronger alliances than anything um, than anything that Cassidy could have formed coming into the house. Because all those other relationships I just described, they've been a relationship before this season of the challenge. Right, right, and right. And if you're Cassidy, you can't, you can't win against that, no matter I what. He I hear what you're saying. I'm just going to throw one like food for thought out there. Wouldn't you rather be in an alliance with Cassidy than Michelle? And I know you have yeah. changed your opinion on Michelle, but like Cassidy seems a lot more consistent, reliable. Yeah. Honest. But I think there's, there's still value in Michelle because Michelle has ties to everyone. So yeah. the same way that she's using you, you could be using her. Right. Whereas I don't know. And Michelle is probably a better competitor than Cassidy, I think. Or at least she has better, more experience mm -hmm. than Cassidy does at the show. So I think Michelle is just a more viable or a valuable asset than Cassidy would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I see that. And I guess there is value in Michelle because, like, every good alliance needs a fall person. You know what I mean? Like they always need yeah. someone to throw under the bus. And like you, like you wouldn't even have to throw Michelle under the bus. She would trip and find her way under the wheels all on her own. You know what I mean? Oh, correct. Like she makes it too easy. For um, sure. I also think it's funny. Like we, we're getting a lot of Corey focus now. Corey and Michaela are talking. He's saying in confessional, he's trying to build his own crew of strong women like mm. some sort of weird Ocean's Eleven uh, because he wants to reach the final. Corey calls home to Taylor. He's missing his kids. Classic Corey. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's funny seeing so much of him after literal weeks of the show without him being on. Correct. Yeah, he's just been playing his position and in the background. And I guess now that you kind of have to talk about other people because we're dwindling down in the numbers – it's, it's going to be go time now. And I think that everyone else is so much more suited in their crews, right? Like we haven't heard much from bananas and that's probably purpose on purpose. Cause he's just laying low knowing that that's the best way for him sit behind the numbers of the vets. We have, we've never heard much about Fessy cause we know what he's doing. And then, you know, every, the focus is on Chris. So I think Corey knows though, that he is probably at the bottom of, near the bottom of the alliance right like him and fessy might be cool but he knows that like fessy fessy's fessy he's gonna have to turn on fessy or fessy's gonna turn on him at some point so it's better to have numbers beyond that um it's just an interesting point but i will say this this daily challenge what were your thoughts just seeing that it was going to be a physical challenge which we haven't really gotten much of this season I thought it made for great television and not just because, you know, they're beautiful people getting oily and wrestling like that. 
that scratches a lot of people's itches, regardless of gender or anyone's orientation. Like that makes for good TV on its own. Mm -hmm. But just that was like interesting, right? Like it creates a dynamic where you can see everyone basically has to put their chips on the table. Yep. It was interesting to me that even people in alliances were not being like striking a deal and be like, listen, I'll just eliminate myself or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like it was interesting to see how it, high the it, stakes were. It was just, it was just good TV. It, and like one of the things with the CBS version of the challenge is you don't see a lot of like hard hitting, violent mm -hmm. challenges. Like, yeah, I mean, it's the PG 13 challenge. Yeah. They're, they're typically not going to do anything where anyone gets hurt, but here we are. And like, People really could have gotten hurt. Like they're kind of oh, yeah. like, you know, one did. There are some hard slams there where like people were falling hard on the ground. And I know what kind of padding was going on there, but that's not safe. And also you, because of all the oil, it's easy for people to slip. So that's also not safe. I'm also going to call this episode oil Royal rumble. Great. I'm, um, I'm always going to sign off on a wrestling thing. I want to shout out. I know my audience. I'm aware. <laughs> They're my audience in this instance when it comes to pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I got to give mm. a shout out to Michaela, who straight up did a thrust kick <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> like she is straight up breaking out kickboxing moves <laughs> i thought the the beginning part with the dudes i thought it was funny because it almost looked like you know a scene from a movie where there's a prison fight where they were kind of like all gathered around and like no 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 you go fight them and it was like okay everyone jumped chris chris was out then it's like okay now bananas you gotta go fight tyler like it was yeah. just funny to watch like the coordination and fessy was literally doing nothing he's just standing around watching i thought that was really weird um, but also to your point that you made earlier, what need was there for Fessy and Corey to actually fight at the end? That to me kind of shows the lack of trust between the two of them, right? Like they yeah. don't really see one of them, you know, there's not a full trust there because if there was, you could just throw it to the other guy knowing that, Hey, we're going to have a plan. I'm going to be safe and cool. But I guess with the hopper, with like all the other you know, ways that someone could end up in elimination. Can you tr fully trust anyone? I wonder also if the producers have created bonuses, like cash bonuses, if you win a daily challenge. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Well, that's an old school challenge thing. They used to do that back in the day, right? Yeah, but I just mean like, off to, the, stop well, people. to stop people from throwing challenges yeah because no, like because like yeah there's no and like Corey and fessel went hard like hard and also is amazing it speaks so much to people's muscle memory Corey said like yeah i took wrestling in grade eight <laughs> and fessel's like yeah like i played football this is exactly the same as football but like and it's like it's not it's <laughs> not and Corey's like very old fundamentals in wrestling mm -hmm. worked like he he threw a suplex it is how it's he won. funny though because i actually wrote down i'm like oh fessy's telling us that he played football did you know that he played football i was unaware you know i thought i heard that somewhere on the deep web <laughs> also though i really thought it was a very good look for Corey 
to still try and and then beat Fessy, considering that Corey just went against like two other guys, one while Fessy was doing literally nothing. So Fessy is well rested. Mm-hmm. Corey, blood's flowing. He's hyped up. He's probably a little tired, but like he dealt with Fessy. And I thought that was really dope. I thought that was a good look to kind of show people like, yo, man, I'm not. A, and also show Fessy like, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Like, even if you think that you're going to try to take me out at some point, like, I'm not afraid of you. I thought that was cool. I agree. Uh, I thought it looked great for Corey. I also think at this point, on the men's side, Corey is who I'm cheering for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Um, So, yeah, I was just glad to see him do and, you know, reappear on the show after (laughs) taking four weeks off or wherever he's been. Um, I did Mm want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. that in a sport like wrestling being the shorter guy is an advantage yeah lower to the ground lower center got, of gravity he's got a better fulcrum fulcrum <laughs> yes so going to the women's side of things i thought it was interesting because they all went at tori at the beginning which i kind of thought like okay, you're all going at Tori. That should have been her sign to like kind of be ready towards the end of the episode, which we'll get to. But you mentioned it earlier. They were throwing bows. These women were throwing bows. There were full-on kicks going on, like people's heads being slammed to the ground, like Cassidy and uh, what's her name? Chanel were like going at it hard. Like the way that Chanel just like ran up on Cassidy from behind. I was like, yo, what is what's happening here? That was like, like they were, you could argue they were going harder than the dudes. Oh, they definitely did. And like, I think Josh said as much. And the fact that like the guys would sort of take their turns where they're basically being in pairs, Mm -hmm. as you said, right? Like Johnny and Tyler and, and then, uh, Corey and Josh and then Corey and Fessel, the women were just like, it was a free for all mm-hmm. and like switching like wrestling partners and just like going out. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. Like, uh, Michaela says, said that she expected Tori to be the first one out since there's just her and then the five survivor women. And, but Chanel's like, I might go after Cassidy first. And then sure enough, like, sneak attack <laughs> like yeah. oh yeah one right four and then um at the end it's chanel versus michaela also basically in the same alliance also mm-hmm. not giving up with each other yeah but right. i think that's a different dynamic like Corey and fessel are probably as tight as any alliances in the house at this point aside from maybe Corey and tori but like Mm-hmm. really tight whereas michaela definitely has her own agenda whereas oh, yeah. like desi and chanel are definitely tighter mm-hmm. agreed definitely agree there um i thought it was interesting though so obviously we mentioned michaela and Corey end up winning after michaela and chanel were throwing like suplexes and stuff on their <laughs> during their round i was just like yeah what is happening right now but you just knew you 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 alluded to it. We already know that Michaela was going to be trying to do too much here, and leading into her uh, deliberation with Corey, 
do you remember the last time she was in this position and she made the smart move of just letting was it fessy yeah letting yeah, fessy, fessy talk and then she was able to just kind of play off of him and not show her cards she did the complete opposite this time and i didn't really understand why and then not only did she not not only did she like tell Corey all of her plans, but once Corey divulged, like, well, I can't do that because Tori is my like one of my number ones here, she completely just like ripped him and was yeah. like putting him down and, and not even listening to him, like treating him like he was an idiot. I was glad that he called her out and saying, like, why do you keep like because I don't agree with you, my idea is stupid. Like, that's why you're arguing with me here. Like, I thought Corey did really well in that scenario, and Michaela did another poor job to me like she wasn't making any sense she was treating Corey like he was dumb when Corey explained that she kept saying to him well how does that help your game and he's like i just told you how it helps my game i've already said cassidy's name so why would i say someone else's name to have someone else mad at me and she's like but that doesn't help your game what are you talking about? like no, the conversation didn't make sense and then on top of that her body language was so rude like all of it was just weird am i reading this wrong or what did you know i had the exact same thoughts as you uh, we actually sort of glossed over but like there's a scene where michaela is talking to desi and chanel mm -hmm. and chanel says in confessional oh yes what you and i have been saying all along mm -hmm. gotta do less and that's my that's my line of the episode. Do less. Mm -hmm. And Desi says to Michaela, "Hey, if you gun for Tori, which is Michaela's idea, if you nominate her, well, then it endangers you. It endangers me and mm -hmm. Chanel, your two closest alliance members. And if she comes back, we're also proud. And also, like Tori and I, and like and." The three of us have a deal with Tori, and she's honored that. Yeah. So, like, what are you doing? Like, you're just blowing this up. Mm -hmm. And, like, I keep every time we have like extended screen time with Michaela, I'm reminded of something Wes said in like the first or second episode mm -hmm. of the season, which was Michaela is the most paranoid player I've ever played with. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. And well, Chanel also puts it well, like Michaela always wants to be proactive. Yes. And but like the, that works for Survivor, but that doesn't work for the challenge. And I think that's the key there. Chanel articulated that perfectly, that she gets caught up in her head in terms of Michaela. Michaela's so focused, whereas the Survivor, you have to be proactive. Whereas a challenge, it is more about your numbers and it's more about like who wins the daily challenges. And as long as your numbers are winning the daily challenges, just play it cool and you'll make the final. Like there's mm -hmm. no need for you to be worrying about, okay, am I going to beat Tori in a final? Like the way that it's so unpredictable this season with the voting, the blind voting, and then the hopper, like you just got to control the, your numbers and trusting in your block of numbers that you're not going to be voted in or that you can sway the house to making it a guy's day versus a women's day. If you focus on that, you could sit back and be cooling. There's no need for you to shoot that shot against Tori. And that's the thing that didn't make sense. And even the part about the challenge, having the awareness to know that you can't bring that up to Corey. Corey's not going to want to put like you had to know that. If you had mm -hmm. any sense, that's the other part that made no sense to me in terms of Michaela's gameplay and strategy. Yeah. Corey and Tori are very clearly friends. Like it's not a secret alliance. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not just that like, oh yeah, they're the challenge vets. They're friends in real life. Mm-hmm. That's he's not he's not gonna do that. But Full why stop, wouldn't she want to go after Michelle? I don't know. Because the know. other part, I, the other part I didn't understand, right? Was okay. Here's here's the biggest flaw in the plan. Let's say you put Tori up, right? Cool. The rest of the house, you don't have the numbers to put up someone strong against Tori because the rest of the house isn't going to go for that. So they're either going to swing it to making it a guy's day with the votes, or they're just going to put in Cassidy, who they assume that Tori can beat. Either way, you've just exposed yourself and then blown up the little alliance that you had with Tori and blown it up for no reason. Like, it's just a bad plan. Just doing too much. Doing too much. Doing way too much. And, like, to build off of what you were saying a bit earlier, the move is clearly put up Cassidy and then go to Corey and be like, listen, and but, like, make Corey think it's his idea because, like, Cassidy was who was on his his lips and be like, you know what? Like, yeah, we should nominate Cassidy. And then like, let's get the house to put up Michelle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. All all this season boils down to is if you win the daily challenge, put try to create a scenario where two people who are not in your alliance are in an elimination against each other. Exactly. I, I, I gotta say, this is something that drives me crazy about Big Brother. I haven't watched Big Brother in a few seasons, but they always overcomplicated things where like they're like, Yeah, we're just we're gonna backdoor this person, we're gonna backdoor that person. Nah, nah, fam. Just like put in, like vote in two people mm-hmm. who you're not in an alliance with. Simple. Make them earn the power of veto and save themselves. Mm-hmm. And ideally, have to put in someone else that's not in your lives. That's all. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Once you start getting into pawns and all that, you're, you're complicating a lot. Um. Yeah. And I mean, again, Tori. Obviously, it's going to get to back to Tori that you tried to just pull this deal with her, which also was another bad part of Michaela opening up that her terrible plan to Corey. Because Tori obviously finds out and it's like, well, that's fine. We'll just make it a guy's day anyways. Because now you're just solidifying the other side. Now you're solidifying. If they had doubts about Michelle, they're just going to try to bring her in even more to solidify their numbers because you're starting to make plans, right? So that plan blows up. We get a little dance party though. Mm -hmm. And they talked about people just needing to let off a little steam. And I mean, first off, I'll say... Um, Desi, hello. It was good to see you enjoying yourself during um, this episode of the challenge. I will also say that it was just funny to have them. This was as close as we got to the other challenge, and it wasn't a lot, but it was just enough. You know what I mean? I it was do, enough to I, be like, oh, yeah, they're having fun. I noted the same thing, and it was just nice to see. Mm-hmm. Like it was nice to, and, and not just like the other challenge. When was the last time we saw them get drunk in the house? True. Because the past true. few seasons of MTV challenge, of real challenge, mm-hmm. they've always taken them to a club mm-hmm. or restaurant or resto bar or however you want to put it. Yeah. But 
this was them getting drunk in the house like it was 2014. Yeah. And I loved it. And I also, I mean, we saw Cassidy and Michelle make out a little bit. We, we saw Tori fully doing like a handstand in Cassidy's lap. Yep. But I also, just the way people were speaking, I feel like there was more stuff going on Ooh. that we didn't get to see. Ooh. And I'm not saying amongst the women. I'm just oh. saying like, if oh. they do a reunion episode, I have the sense that there was a little more romance happening. And like, to me, the thing that like wow. really like spoke to it is Tyler was like, yeah, like I'm sort of like spoken for with Alyssa. I'm going to honor that. But like the rest of them can let loose. And then it cut to Josh falling out of his chair. But like, that's not what Tyler was talking <laughs> about. Tyler wasn't oh. like, I'm in a relationship. I can't fall out of chairs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's not what he's talking about. So I understand. I understand. I feel like more. I feel like if they had a shit, they should have shown episode. Hmm. Interesting. There'd Which be we some stuff. unfortunately don't get uh, reunions for the CBS challenge. Um, but. I feel like we are loyal our our loyal listeners in English. I know our loyal listeners will send us in uh, any info that they've come across on other pods where people like to go and goss, you know, and bring us back the hot goss. So we'll appreciate that because it was good to see a party. Always um, good to see a party. It was also good to see. You know, just for the drama standpoint, Michaela still trying to rally everyone to try and get. Tori into the elimination and it's funny because I wrote down to try to get Tori out but that's not even the plan because you're not getting someone out you're just trying to make her have the most balls in the hopper which again is a terrible plan <laughs> because people can tell you whatever they want to their face to your face and then do the complete opposite behind so she thinks that she has her other two survivor girls in terms of Desi and Chanel she goes and gets Chris who obviously is just going to jump on whatever side might save him. And then she goes and gets Michelle. The problem with this plan is she didn't count the other numbers on the other side of the house, <laughs> which seems like a pretty important part of this plan that she should have thought about before trying to execute this plan. Cause you know who did count the other numbers on the other side of the house? Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yo, Michaela, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Your plan already failed once, and now this is your last-ditch effort. And you think that Michelle is going to trust you. Why would Michelle trust you? Like, it just made no sense. It's such a bad, poorly considered plan. And meanwhile, and, like, it's funny because, like, she's she's working, you know? Like, she is. She's put thought into this. She's making. She's talking to people. Meanwhile, literally at the party, as they're dancing and drinking and having a good time, Corey, Fessel, Josh, and Johnny Bananas like go outside probably for a sneaky dart <laughs> and are like, hey, like we should all vote for Chris, right? <laughs> yeah. And we should tell Tyler and Chris that we're voting for a woman, right? Right. Okay, <laughs> like it's <laughs> like, and and we already know that Tori's on board, uh -huh. so like they've got numbers on their side, and then you know, like it's 
it's the other pretty. part is we glossed over it though, but earlier on when uh Corey reveals to Tori what Michaela was saying during the deliberation, Tori says, Well, let's just make it a guys week this week and then we'll reassess next week and just get Michaela out because we can't have this. Yeah. And I think that's like above all, that's the thing there where it's like, Michaela, what are you doing? Like you already got exposed. So I, I I'll say this. She doesn't know about that conversation, but I guess in her mind, there is, there has to be some level of, well, my, well, my chips are on the table. So I might as well go try and go all the way in at this point, I guess that's her yeah. strategy. I don't, I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. And clearly neither did she, because you put the balls in the hopper and there are only three votes for Tori. <laughs> and obviously that's not enough. And who ends up going in? Chris, who got six votes. Yeah. So <laughs> the four <laughs> challenge guys that we already mentioned, yep. Tori, Michelle. Yep. yep. And Desi, Desi figures out immediately who flipped, but like, it's also not like shocking like michelle's been pretty transparent about who she's backing the uh elimination is something called barrel tag which in tj's words is a good old-fashioned game of tag the Mm -hmm. wrinkle is that they stand on an oil drum uh, and there's an oil drum beside their oil drum and they have to move the barrels around standing on top of them to like get around the Mm -hmm. pit um and they take turns being it Whoever um, gets the other one out first wins, like in the quickest time. Before we get into strategies and stuff, just what did you think of this elimination? I didn't really like it. I thought it was interesting in theory, not so much in execution, because I felt like it probably would take a lot longer than Mm -hmm. we actually would see, but it's not interesting to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't find it particularly interesting. It didn't like, I don't know, it didn't really stir my blood. It was like, it was fine. I don't really know what the strategy is. Like, I'll give Chris credit. He tried to do something where he, they had sort of like obstacles and he went over to the obstacles and picked up the like obstacle barrels and threw them at, uh, uh tyler but like yeah i don't know I feel it didn't like, work that was that you know i feel like there's so many different i didn't really comprehend as you said what the strategy should be because i would think as soon as a person was making a move i would just make my barrel go in the opposite direction so i'm moving mm-hmm. the same pace that they're moving now of course once they start moving forward that's when you start running into problems because they're cutting down the space in between you but once they get to a certain distance towards you you know like you're basically done it just wasn't i don't know i I just thought after such a good daily challenge i was expecting more from the elimination not saying it had to be hall brawl but just a better overall elimination than this was it just wasn't that entertaining to watch um, and yeah, I mean, the other part about it too, that didn't make it as interesting to watch was because uh, it's edited, obviously we'll have, we'll have no idea how either of them did. Cause we're just relying on the edit and then them telling us a the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, 
even as they told us the time, like I thought there's two things within what we saw that was interesting. First of all, the times that TJ announced by ADR, mm-hmm. which is highly suspicious, oh, uh, weren't that long. No. And the house, like the, the cast that were watching, the spectators, mm-hmm. didn't seem that hype. Not at all. But doesn't that just tell you that they didn't really care who won? Yeah. <laughs> right? Which also kind of fits into the narrative of like, you know, just being kind of like a blah uh, elimination all in all. Because, you know, cool. Chris Chris continues to survive somehow, some way. They can't get rid of Chris. He's back and he'll probably be thrown in next week again. <laughs> but Or maybe not because that means one of the – the uh, challenge guys would have to go in. One of the vets would have to go in against them. So I'd assume they'll just make it a a women's elimination next week. Which Um, is the plan, right? And like, I also think that at some point production, because there's way more women left than men, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's five men Mm -hmm. and I guess it's six women. Uh, So not way more, but one more. Yeah. So like production is going to do, something to skew it towards a women's double elimination or something at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they got to keep the numbers even ahead of the finale. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, uh, the one thing I'll say, like you already said it, Chris won. Is he rookie of the year? At a certain point, we got to start giving Chris credit. I mean, my guy has survived and he's been on the chopping block for weeks and weeks now with no alliance. And so he just continuously gets thrown in. Now, there was a point in time where it was self-inflicted, like he's made bad choices in terms of trusting Fessy. Um, but at the end of the day, my guy's still surviving. You got to give him some credit. What's the who has the best elimination record? Was it Killa Cam that came in and just kept yeah, winning she elimination? Went five and oh. There's a season as well where Wes uh, kept winning in elimination. Uh, I, I feel like it's like Tori did that once too, right? When her rookie year, I feel like she won a bunch of eliminations. Yeah. And Sarah Rice did it one year. There was one year where there's like three teams. I feel like it was like the Ruins two or something. Okay. And she kept like putting in solid performances. And then also, um i'm blanking on the season fresh meat too okay the only season in canada kenny and laurel were partners and they kept going in but not not to the extent of like four or five times i went in like twice or three times but i got you i got you okay okay well yeah i mean chris wins tyler's going home um chris keeps winning gotta give him a lot of credit and yeah i mean I'm going to say, I know you didn't ask me the question yet, but I think Chris is the MVP of this episode. Because here's your thought. Here's the reason why I think Chris is the MVP of the episode. Clearly, by the fact that he had five guys try to jump him in the oil wrestle, right? He held his own for a bit. He hung around and he had no chance of winning, like literally 0% chance of winning. And he's just prepared to go into the elimination. And he keeps winning. To me, you got to give my guy. I'm it, the reason I'm giving him this is because it's me admitting that I have to give my guy some credit for the performance that he's done in terms of staying in this game despite everybody trying to get him out week in, week out. 
That's why I'm well, making Chris my MVP for this episode. I don't have to admit shit because Corey's my MVP of the episode. You know, yeah. I think for all the reasons we already discussed, the fact that he uh, beat Fassel basically one on one. Uh, that was, I think, a key win. You know, I think mm-hmm. he might have been in a little bit of trouble if he did not win. Stood up for Tori, put events in motion to protect what's left of the Challenge Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just a big W for Corey. And also, hey, he got screen time this episode. So, like, that's a that's a W for our guy. Can't right? tough for me to argue that. I can't argue that at all. Um, where can sorry. the good people find you on social media? Well, you know, John, you can find me on Twitter or the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcast. Bless us with a like, a share, a retweet, all that other fun stuff. Costs you nothing. It's free and ha- you, it helps you support our guys, which is us. Did I say that correctly? I don't think so, but it's late. I'm tired. You know what I mean. Where can people find you? (laughs) You can find me on Twitter. Sorry, on X. No, no, no. Let me rephrase that. You can find me on social media at J. Chidley Hill. And until next week, or next episode, I should say, this was You Killed It. When is next episode? You killed it.